Hello, beautiful soul. Welcome back or welcome to my podcast. My name is Carly and I am so happy and so honored to be here with you as we co-create within this incredible universe. I am back today with another guest on my podcast. Today, I will be speaking to D. Neil Elliott, who found himself on the brink of suicide after major depression and was able to turn his life all around using certain core principles which allowed him to expand his consciousness and connect with that beautiful divine energy within all of us. D. Neil Elliott lightly touches on some of the principles of his book, A Higher Road, a seven-step process to inner peace, joy, love, abundance, and prosperity. Neil lightly touches on some of the principles of the seven-step process, which allowed him to transcend his current state of consciousness in order for him to reclaim his power and, more importantly, his life. So, beautiful soul, I hope you are ready to dive deep and learn a little bit more about Neil and his process. So, if you're ready... Let's go create. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome, beautiful souls. Welcome back or welcome to my podcast. Today, I have another special guest who will be talking to us about tapping into and making connection with God, divine, the universe, source, whatever you call that beautiful and powerful, all-encompassing energy. I would like to welcome D. Neil Elliott, who learned to deepen his meditative practices in order to open and allow that connection with the divine. So welcome, Neil. I'm so happy to have you here today. So before we dive deep into your spiritual practices and what you do to establish um, connecting with the divine, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey? Oh, thank you. Thank you, Carly. It's a pleasure to be here today. So thank you. So born in Vancouver, lived in Canada my entire life, traveled all over the world, currently 61 years old, married, three kids, five grandchildren, they're all Texans. (laughs) And I'm a professional engineer with an MBA, and I've worked in the hydroelectric industry for over 30 years. So the rest of that story is that I developed a process of thinking and uh, adopted uh, certain patterns of thinking and feeling that was, you know, relatively negative. And and I'm going to use that term now. I wouldn't have before, but, you know, things that I believe to be right or wrong, true or false, good or bad, I thought were right or wrong, true or false, good or bad. And, you know, you develop these kinds of patterns of thinking when you're little and then you reinforce them as you grow older. And in the 90s, I thought, well, you know, I would like to pick up some books, spiritual books and positive thinking books to change how I thought. Somebody said something I didn't agree with, I would immediately internally judge it as no, that's wrong, you know, and then have my own opinion about that versus, uh, oh, well, you know, maybe they have a point and I should consider that perspective. That was a harder thing to do. It was a conscious thing that I had to do versus understanding that at a subconscious level. 
And uh, so in the 90s, I picked up these books to try and see whether I could change how I fundamentally thought about things, how I fundamentally felt. Uh, you know, books by Wayne Dyer, Carolyn Mice, Napoleon Hill, Tony Robbins, you, you know the books. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> all great books, all great authors, all great processes. But, you know, the stuff that we program in our subconscious mind and over a, a lifetime, you know, is, is like concrete. It's hard to break up and dissolve. So any willpower that you have to change how you fundamentally think, you're always battling that that's in your subconscious. So I found it, I couldn't change how I fundamentally thought. You know, I worked at it and, you know, I could certainly see other people's perspectives, but if it was something I felt was fundamentally right or wrong, you know, that's the way I felt about it. And so um, I went into consulting in the early 2000s and life became about pleasing the client you know, because if you don't please the client, you don't get work. So it's all about work, 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 and lots of hours made lots of money, you know, very successful. Um, but over that period of time, what happened is I is I fell into this really deep depression. And uh, in 2015, I recognized this was going on for me. And so I picked up newly issued spiritual books, uh, to try and go back and see what processes, uh, you know, uh, evolution of processes were available for me to change how I thought. Again, I went at it and it didn't really happen for me. I couldn't make that shift. And I was really despondent. And, you know, of course, we're all good actors in our environment. We all, you know, portray what we want to portray to our family and our friends and, mm -hmm. and how you really feel internally is not necessarily known by anybody external from you. But I was in this deep depression. I read a bunch of books that I can now look back and say were laying a foundation for me to be open to change how I thought, to stretch my consciousness and to be able to receive some new information that had come to me. So we our house sold after seven years on the marketplace and I sat down and my wife uh, flew to Toronto, Ontario, Canada to visit her brother and stuff. And um, I sat down at a kitchen table and crafted a suicide note. Now I'm an engineer, so I planned it out. You know, I want to make sure my wife's financially okay when I pull the trigger. I want to, um, you know, say goodbye to family and friends without them knowing what I was doing. So I had it planned out. But fortunately for me, this other material landed in my lap um, in a fortuitous way. And I say it found me. Uh, that promised to liberate me from my thinking. And so I thought, okay, well, I'll delay the suicide until I read this material and see if it makes sense and see if it can do anything for me. So what happened is I embarked on this journey. And a year later, I woke up, my depression was totally gone. I was full of inner peace and joy and love. And I had a really strong connection with the source of our being, God, Allah, Yahweh, the Tao, whatever you want to call it. Oh, that's so beautiful. And I'm so happy for it. I'm happy that you're here talking to me. <laughs> well, thank you. And so after this, I wanted to share it from the rooftops. And I thought, oh, I'm going to be looked at like a nutcase. So it took me a couple of years to figure out the best way to do that is to write a book and to share the process that I went through in the hopes that somebody who reads my book will uh, it'll resonate with them and they can follow that process and i truly believe that if somebody follows the process i followed they the timing might be different than mine uh, but 
at whatever time that is for them, they will develop this really strong connection with the divine or the source of our being, whatever, we'll call it the divine in this conversation. And when that happens, you know, your life changes and you know that what you know is true. I needed something that was founded in science, what we know in science today, that made sense to me that was building this foundation for me to be open to this other material. I, I was ready for that and read a near-death experience of a, of a woman that uh, described what she felt during her near-death experience and her concept of consciousness that stretched my concept of consciousness. And then I was prepared and I was open to receive this other information. And this other information, you need to be open and curious like a little child without prejudgment. Yes. And, and when you read it, it too uses science and what we know to prepare us to bridge this gap between spirituality and science. And when you can follow the process and do this and learn the meditation that you need to learn and go through the process of inner cleansing and rebuilding of your consciousness, your life totally transforms. And that's where I am today. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's incredible. So thank you for sharing your journey and your story. I feel like it's just so powerful and we hear it time and time again. Like you said, the book ended up finding you, this new material ended up finding you. And it's so heartwarming and kind of liberating and very interesting that it's sometimes during our darkest times or when those tribulations come up, that's when we are able to find such deep like wisdom and spiritual connection. Yeah, like I, I love that that was your experience. And like I said, I'm happy that you're still here with us because now you get to share all of this amazing, all of these amazing things that you've learned. And as crazy as it sounds, like you wouldn't be able to share them if you didn't go through that. You mentioned that you found some material that liberated you from your old way of thinking. Was it the book that you read uh, about the near-death experience? Or what was that material that you read that really made things click for you? So the material, I call it a blueprint document, and I've gathered, it's a bunch of material I've gathered together. What I recommend people do is, uh, uh, the name of my book is A Higher Road, is that they read my book from cover to cover understand the process in its entirety and see whether it makes sense to them and rings true for them. If it lands with them, then go back and start with some of the science books. Uh, if they ha or if they're not familiar with some of those things, they're all easy read and their concepts of science are not engineering mathematical formula science. And they're things that, you know, everybody will be able to understand. And then this blueprint material, if people embark on this journey after they've read A Higher Road cover to cover, in the book, I tell them how they can reach out to me and they can get this information for free. I've, I've compiled it all into one document as a PDF that I provide people for free. And you will understand when you read my book why I'm not disclosing what that information is up front. Before I was at this place of suicide, uh, if that information had come to me, I would have just rejected it. Uh, I wouldn't have been open to reading it. And so my book, what I've done is I have the first part of my book is really part one is there's five parts. Part one is tells you kind of what the story is going to be and the structure of the book. Part two is a memoir, um, a very candid memoir. I'm a private person, but I thought it was important to provide a candid memoir so people could understand how my thinking and feeling 
created every circumstance and every event that came into my life. Mm -hmm. And uh, they can use that as a template for themselves if they go back and look at their own life, if, if they choose to. Part three of my book is this chapter in science, and it's a chapter about consciousness. And what that chapter is designed to do is open you up to receive this new information that I'm going to provide people with this new knowledge. And, and I call them truths, new truths. That's in part four. And then part five of my book is my personal experience as, I've, as I went through the seven steps. So to answer your question, the near-death experience was not the beginning of that. The beginning of that was just first to understand what consciousness is and get a new concept of consciousness. So I used to think, for example, consciousness was all in my brain and what I had learned as a child or, you know, through education, through exposure to family and friends, etc., was all in my brain. And if I thought of something, it was in my brain. My concept of consciousness, um, as I started this process, expanded and it expanded a couple of times. After I started this process, I began to realize that, oh, consciousness is not only in my brain, but it, it's in my body. And it's also all around us. And so I now see it as a stream of thoughts that go by my awareness. And I pick a thought out. And if I like it, I keep it. And if I don't like it, I throw it back in the stream. That thought that I would like is going to be consistent with my pattern, with our pattern of thinking that we developed over a lifetime. So it might be a, a loving thought that we like and we keep, or it could be a denigrating, judgmental, hateful thought that we pick. But it's something that's going to be consistent with this programming that we have uh, developed over a lifetime and reinforced. So the first book that, and I offer all of this in a higher road for people to consider reading. The first book was a book that really got me to understand that what we think is good, um, true and false, good or bad, um, right or wrong is really just a belief. Mm -hmm. Everything is just a belief. Yeah. And how we assign meaning to, to everything. <laughs> exactly. So what we see as our external world is a reflection of what we believe, but it takes a while to, you know, so this book I read by this author was really around how we are influenced by the memes that are prevalent today on the internet in the news, in, uh, on TV and films we watch, etc. And that is reinforcing things that have already polluted our consciousness stream, and then continues to reinforce it. And we let externalities drive our view of the world. And those externalities is just a belief that we have. And it's a reflection of that belief. So if you want to see things differently, you actually need to change your beliefs. Mm -hmm. But to change your beliefs, you need to get at your subconscious and you need to break up and dissolve those bondages of the ego. Really, this foundation being built is a new concept of consciousness. What we believe is right or wrong, good or bad, true or false is really just a belief. How our thinking based on our beliefs can affect our biology and either promote its well-being or health. And then how we can actually change our brains and grow new brain cells. I started really diving into these knowings and these ideas and how everyone and everything is a reflection of you. So if you see something presented to you in a certain way, it's not necessarily someone else, but like your way of thinking and your way of perception that's actually forming like the relationship and whatever's going on, which seems outside of you, but it's 
it's technically not. <laughs> exactly. Um, so then I read this book about this woman who had a near-death experience. She wrote a really clear description of what she experienced when she was in the coma. And she brought back a number of messages, but her, her description is so colorful and uh, really detailed about what she felt. So some of the messages she brought back were, we come from love, we return to love, we are unified after we die. She felt like she was expanding to become part of everything in the universe. Her father had died about 10 years earlier and she met him and she talked about how she communicated with him. And, and that communication was, she said, you know, we don't communicate like we normally do. What, what we do is we become them and what they think we understand. And that's how you communicate. And the other thing she said was, and we're not judged after death, no matter what we do here. This blueprint information arrived and a week earlier, and I thought, okay, put the suicide aside and I'll study this information. So what this information does is it shares concepts that we know in science that enables our minds, for example, what do we know today in science that we didn't know 100 years, 200 years ago? We know that a subatomic level, we are all just energy. Mm -hmm. There's nothing solid in the universe. We are more space than we are solid, even though we perceive ourselves to be solid. And science believes there was a big bang. They don't know of what and they don't know why, but a big bang. And then the universe was birthed, so to speak. Uh, electromagnetism just is. And through some random acts, um, electrical particles fused to form elements. Elements randomly got together to form a living molecule. Living molecules randomly got together to form the first living cell. And then we have evolution of life on this planet. So the question is, well, when did consciousness first creep into living matter? And you look at one cell. So one cell has a permeable membrane. And it can discern the right kind of nutrition that is going to make that it needs to, in order to promote its health. And after it absorbs that nutrition through its permeable membrane, it discerns when toxic waste is built up and that if it, it needs to get rid of that toxic waste, otherwise it will harm itself. So this is the first act of consciousness. It's a, it's a purposeful thing of, I need to accept this kind of uh, nutrition and, oh, I have toxic waste, I have to get rid of it. So that's the first sign of consciousness in a cell. So I think science could understand that there is consciousness in a cell. So if there's consciousness in a cell, then isn't it logical to think that there's also consciousness in living molecules? Mm, yes. and, if, and if there's consciousness in living molecules, isn't it possible that there's consciousness in the elements that got together to actually form a living molecule? And that's and the only reason why they're formed in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> and go one step further, if there's consciousness in elements, isn't it also fair to think that there's likely consciousness in the electrical particles that form to create these elements? And so if you look at this, you look, okay, well, then consciousness could be in everything. And so now I'll give you a little spoiler. We are not matter imbued with consciousness. We are consciousness made visible. Everything in us, outside us is consciousness. Things that we think are solid, things that we hear, see, touch, feel, know. Those are, that's all consciousness. Yeah. So that's where like the saying goes, 
we're not human having a spiritual experience we're spirit having a human experience that whole it's consciousness perceiving itself as a 3d manifestation but what we truly are is far more than just this physical body and this physical 3d world and that's why i feel like having those the type of like you mentioned the near-death experience that is a way where you can connect to that knowing and see it manifest for you in your life because even me i actually started taking an astral projection class and i had my first out of body experience last week and it was that in of, in of itself felt like just so incredible because i literally felt my energy body leaving my physical body it's very interesting when you realize like we sometimes make ourselves so small or it seems like what we're going through right now in life could be so big, but then there's just this grander scheme of things that we're sometimes not even aware of. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. When you study this material and you read this material, it takes you through this logical progression for you to build awareness of the universe and how it was created, how and why it was created. So the soul is a fragment of divine consciousness. If you want to call it universal consciousness is unconditional love. Divine consciousness is unconditional love. Your soul is a fragment of divine consciousness. It is unconditional love. And it is infused in the body during the time of conception. And when your brain doesn't develop till you're about five years old for you to start making conscious choices for yourself. So when you're born, especially if you've been born into a family of means where they can feed you and look after you and, and, you know, support you and love you and diaper you, um, you know, you're kind of this little embodiment of joy. And what you are is a sponge. You're just absorbing everything around you, your parents' emotions, their type of thinking, their consciousness, and, you know, your siblings and anybody else that, uh, you know, you come in contact with. When you're five, you start making this discernment. You, you've made some choices about how you think you came in with certain things. And what you do is, as you grow older, and you're more educated and exposed to more things, you develop patterns of thinking that you agree with, you develop your belief system, you program your subconscious, as we grow from babyhood to adulthood, we think we're becoming versed in the ways of the world. But really, what we're doing is we're binding down our soul and shutting ourselves off from the light. And your ego has control of what you do in life and what you experience in life until you wake up to the fact that this is what you're doing. Only through lessons of suffering will the journeying soul gain self-knowledge to retain individuality after discarding the ego. So we need to take our frame of reference off of an individual life. You as a soul are here in this school we call Earth to learn over many incarnations. And all of these various experiences are for your soul to learn the lessons it needs to learn to evolve. And when you have reached a certain level of evolvement, you will have a lifetime where you wake up to the fact that you are doing this, your ego is doing this to you, and you can actually gain some control of that. But in order for that to happen, you need to have some kind of awakening. 
and this material that I provide for people and, and a higher road is constructed to help people do this is to open them up, open up their concept of consciousness. And then I share the process and the material that I read that transformed my life. When you learn these things that are tangible um, and consistent with what we know in science today, and you learn these spiritual concepts that are discussed and offered in this material, you, through a process of inner cleansing, consciousness cleansing, and rebuilding of your consciousness, and going through a specific meditation, and being diligent with that meditation, and do not, and you cannot doubt. If you doubt, you create consciousness forms that'll block learning and will erase learning that you already have. But if you can manage to keep those in abeyance and um, go through this process, what you will do is you will um, start to make a connection with the divine. So what happened for me was I started this process and it was believable. I, the stuff I read is, is crafted in such a way you know, given this foundation I built with the science stuff and, and the near-death experience, um, it's done in a way that builds your belief system and increases your faith the way it does it. So what happened is that I learned how to meditate. You learn to meditate later on in the process because you need to understand some fundamental things so you know what your target is when you're meditating. The purpose of meditation you know, there's meditation has a lot of benefits, right? You lower blood pressure, relaxing, less stress, all those kinds of things. But the real purpose of meditation is to enable you to enter into the silence and the stillness and make a connection with the divine. So at the seven month level, around seven months, I started to feel this little tingling in the top of my head. It was probably about the size of a dime and I didn't know what it was. But over time, what happened is that started to expand. And I finally realized that what I'm doing, I'm building new brain cells impressed with new knowledge at the top of my head underneath my skull. And as that opening increased, then I started to feel the spiritual energy from source into my head. Over time, as that opening grew, and I had um, this higher frequency of consciousness vibration that you will that you go through when you go through this process, you get a stronger and stronger inflow. And then it would go into my head, it might go into my chest or my solar plexus or down one side of my body or up, up the other side of my body, might be in all of my body at the same time. Today, if you could put a bowl over my head that goes down almost to the bottom of my ears, and that opening is essentially that big on my head. Oh, wow. And what, and what that does is that allows me this mutual and reciprocal uh, communication with the divine at all times. I just need to be silent and still, and I can have spiritual inflow of energy and inspiration and direction. Sometimes it'll be the same kind of communication that was described in this. The, the words will be impressed in my consciousness. 13 months after I started this process, I went into two meditations that were about three days apart. And I went into a meditation that you know, raised this really high frequency level of consciousness. And, and you'll understand these different things as you as you go through this process. But I was just I was bathed in unconditional love. I didn't care what happened to my body. I didn't care what state it was in. I didn't care what anybody did to me in the past. None of it mattered. I was just 
bathed and supported in unconditional love. And we don't have the human language to even describe the feeling because this process is about feeling, not about intellectual thinking. It's something that you need to experience. And when you experience, you will know that what you know is true. And when you do that, and and then you continue on this process, it is just, it's an evolving spiritual awakening. New information will come to me. You know, I'm thinking about some mundane thing. It'll come to me like a shaft of light um, and impress it in my brain. I started to meditate in the 90s, you know, tried all the various different things you know, CDs and listening to music and Japa and, you know, all the different programs. And yeah, it did some stuff for me, but I wasn't necessarily consistent with it. And I never really understood the true purpose of meditation. And as soon as I found out how the universe is constructed and why we are here and how we use the fundamental laws of creation moment by moment to attract to us everything that we think about and we feel we we think with electrical impulses in our brain we feel with magnetic impulses in our nervous system our electrical impulses in the brain of thinking creates a consciousness plan the magnetic feeling be it love or hate doesn't matter will magnetize that consciousness plan that blueprint And that becomes a blueprint of a future event. And the more you think and dwell on it, and the more, the stronger your emotions, the stronger you magnetize it. And that will bring a like experience into your awareness. Yeah, because like essentially thoughts become things, whatever you focus on, you give your energy and your, because like you said, everything is energy. So there's always an exchange of energy going on so whatever you invest your energy in that's what's going to grow and manifest in your reality when we talk about energy we're talking about electromagnetism energy Mm -hmm. not just oh i'm energetic and i'm doing something um as soon as i understood the purpose of meditation and i and i understood these fundamentals of the design of the universe and why we're here then i could understand what i needed to do in meditation and what we need to do in meditation is we need to get to a place of silence and stillness and stop our thinking altogether. And it takes practice to do that. I, you know, there will be people that say, well, you can't stop your thinking. I can say, yes, you can. And I, and I know this because I've done it and I do it. So my meditations, not to scare anybody, but I meditate every day between 90 minutes and two hours, first thing in the morning. You know, I get such strong inflow of spiritual energy and I get clarity and I get direction and I get assistance in terms of whatever it is that I'm doing. Life is not a journey without. Life is a journey within. Life is not about material objects and material things and how much money you have or don't have. Life is about this internal journey that allows your soul you to dissolve the bondages of the ego and allow your soul to reconnect with the divine. And when that happens, you get this strong inflow of spiritual energy and your soul will start then to direct your life. And you will then understand not just intellectually, but you'll actually understand and know why everybody does what they do. When I see somebody today, what I see is I see that They have a soul, their soul is equal to my soul, their soul is unconditional love. And whatever they're doing, whether 
I consider it to be reprehensible or not. That is just their path and their experiences that they need to have to be able to learn the lessons their soul needs to learn to be able to find their way back to the light. I don't necessarily agree with what they're doing, but I don't judge them for it because their soul is equal to mine. Their soul is unconditional love. And what their soul is trying to do is express that unconditional love, but their ego can operate through either bonding these electromagnetic principles of bonding with everything I'd like or rejecting things that it doesn't like. These are the only mechanisms of materialized formed is through electromagnetism. And your soul is always trying to reconnect with the place from where it came, which is unconditional love. And you need to dissolve the bondages that you have created through your patterns of thinking and feeling to enable your soul to reconnect with the divine. And when you do that, your life changes. And for lack of any other word, it is truly magical. And you will just see everything differently in life. I believe it. I truly, truly believe it because it's like such a beautiful and profound thing to like understand that there literally is consciousness within everyone and everything. And like you mentioned, your soul isn't better than any other person's soul who may not have had their awakening or who may be going through a different experience and noticing and realizing that connection And like you said, basking in that energy of just unconditional love and oneness and just acceptance and being able to relate to people on such a deep level. It's part of the evolution, not not just for the soul, but I truly believe for human beings as well. I feel like it's meant to get to a place where it's not just our soul evolving, but humans who are going to be living in, you know, this 3D reality one day will just be at that point themselves also. And I think that's something that's very, very profound. So what would be your your advice for people who want to start this connection with the divine tonight? Or for example, as far as meditating properly and learning how to silence their thoughts, what would be your advice to people who may try to meditate and feel like, you know, it seems like something hard for them to do? Um, So first off, they need to find a process. I believe they need to find a process that makes sense to them and they understand. So I would recommend what they do is really read a higher road cover to cover and see if that process and that information that I share is going to work for them. Mm -hmm. In order to meditate, I think the thing that you have to do is you need to be, you know, you need to find a time that works for you and you need to be consistent put earplugs in and I sit quietly and I get in a comfortable chair where I can relax my entire body. And um, you need to be able to get into this theta state, which is the state just, you know, before you fall asleep or just when you're waking up. And what you need to do is you need to go through a process of just of just practicing stopping your thoughts. And what helped me was I'm a visual learner, but I learned to learn things via audio. So, and when you learn things with, say you're listening to a book, and I'm not talking about a um, necessarily a, a thriller or an entertainment book. I'm talking about, you know, a book where you're actually trying to learn something. And it could be, you know, one of these science books that I talk about is to sit quietly, close your, sit in the chair as if you're going to read a physical book, like a print copy, close your eyes, wear your headphones, And just learn to learn that way. And what you'll do is you will train your mind to focus and stop thinking about other things. And it takes time. 
But that process for me really helped in terms of when I started these meditations to be able to keep focus, uh, quell my thinking. Oh, yeah, I think that's actually, that's actually a really good, great advice, because I have um, audibles that I listen to while I work. And yes, I find myself doing that where I'm listening. And then I focus on actually listening to what I'm actually hearing. Because a lot of my work now is muscle memory, so I can do it comfortably without being fully engaged. And then other times, it's nice to just be fully present with the work that I'm doing. But it's also for me another way to stay present. And I do, I realize like, oh, like, why am I thinking about how long lunch is from now? I just missed um, five minutes of this audible because I was thinking about something else. So I, I, I think that that would be a really uh, powerful thing to do closing your eyes and trying to listen. Actually, really, really great advice. So um, before we wrap up, how do you allow yourself to be open to establish that connection? Is it just consciously saying and feeling like you're open to it? Or what's the process to kind of just be open to allow this type of connection? So um, it's going to might be different for different people, depending where they're at. But I can tell you my experience for what I believe people need to do is they need to understand some fundamental things. And I think the things that I went through enabled me to open myself up to understand consciousness in an entirely different way, and then follow this blueprint material that will build your understanding and knowledge and also start this whole process of you being able to think differently and be open to receive you need to be totally open to receive but in order to do that you have to break up your patterns of thinking that are in the subconscious but when you do i can tell you it's worth it if you're willing to spend the time and you're willing to be dedicated with it it is more than worth it yeah just something that's very like profound like you said and life-changing to be able to go out in the world and not be angry at people based on what they're doing or where they're from and kind of understand them at a deeper level while maintaining this beautiful love and peace within yourself for yourself and your loved ones as well as everyone you know and not just limiting it to yourself and your circle of people um, so that's definitely definitely worth it so lastly do you differentiate from self and the divine so my concept of self is different than it was before so this body is rented this body is here as an experience self is actually my soul mm -hmm. and but myself also has this physical body that i'm experiencing and experiencing things and we are not here to please god we are here to express god and in order to express okay. god you need to be able to allow your soul to be in control of your life. And in order to do that, you need to understand the mechanics and mechanisms of the ego. And then you need a process to be able to dissolve these bondages of the ego to allow your soul free reign within your consciousness. And it doesn't happen overnight. And it happens, you know, kind of slowly and imperceptibly. But if you stick with it, and you do it, and you follow the processes, it will happen. Essentially, we are divine. There is no separation or distinction between what we perceive as self and the divine. It's kind of bridging the gap and understanding that 
in the same way that we say all consciousness is one and me and you are one that also has to correlate to the fact that me and the divine are also one and like you said we're renting this um, human body i i don't remember where it was that i heard it there's a saying that god is basically in meditation right now and we're god's meditation essentially it's just like us experiencing like you said like the soul renting this body to basically you know decided that we wanted to come here and experience these things and evolve on a soul level which i think is absolutely beautiful yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and you know if you follow this process you'll understand so much and you'll understand the mechanics of the universe and the purpose of why you're here like it's just it's life-changing yeah like i can hear it in your voice and like see it in your face as you talk about it and it's it's so so beautiful so yeah thank you so much for sharing all of that with us i'm gonna have all of your information in the show notes so they could really dive deep into these concepts learn about the blueprint and the seven stages for steps that you share in the process in order for them to allow this connection with the divine. Because I, I truly do believe that it's important. No matter where you're at, ill or healthy, happy, depressed, wealthy or poor, you know, if you are not in a great state internally, or if you are just looking for spiritual awakening and development, you need you just need the the right tools and the right process. And it needs to be grounded and make sense to you. And then if you can follow that, you can transform your life. And I believe that as each individual transforms their life and has this, this spiritual awakening, which is not just a, I'm spiritually awakened, it is an ongoing process and a deepening process. We will bring our, this entire planet into a new era of love and peace. Thank you so much, beautiful soul, for joining me and D. Neil Elliott today. I will have all of Neil's information as well as the link to his book, A Higher Road, A Seven-Step Process to Inner Peace, Joy, Love, Abundance, and Prosperity in the show notes. I hope that something in this episode resonated with you today. It is my hope that each and every one of you step back into your power and tap into that deep inner knowing of connectiveness as well as unconditional love for yourself your life and everyone around you if you are listening to this there is a reason for you existing and i am so happy to know that another beautiful soul on this planet gets to live another day so no matter what's happening in life allow yourself to tap into that energy of unconditional love and connectiveness because there is value and so much joy in your existence within this beautiful universe in which we are all co-creating. In case you haven't heard, I have created the very first social and dating app for those of us who are conscious of the fact that we create our own realities. And my amazing app is called Soul Tribe and it is almost ready for launch. Soul Tribe has amazing features, which allows you to connect with friends as well as love interests within your hometown or all over the world. Soul Tribe also has amazing features, which allows you to establish a deeper connection with yourself and amplify your manifestations. If you are ready to join this high vibe tribe of conscious connections, or if you are interested in advertising your high vibe business, products, or services within the tribe, 
click the link to the landing page in the show notes. But until next time, beautiful soul, I am wishing you all of the best. There is so much value in you being here. I appreciate you and I'm happy that we get to share a piece of this beautiful universe together. Until next time, I'm sending you all peace, love, and high vibes. Bye!